SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. I'm asking for one person who covers this team to have some kind of source to tell us exactly what it is. Sex, drugs, rock, I mean, what, what do you have, ties to Epstein, for goodness sake? Do you call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Yeah, welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats on this glorious Friday, July 17th morning. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you over the next two hours. Phone calls, 844-843-6879. Again, toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, oppositepicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls right here again on a Friday, July 17th on Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. Well, 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 well. This is why they call me Mr. Vegas. A who's who of who's not making the cut. Told you so. Right man for the job. Like it or not, numbers don't lie. All this finagling for nothing, perhaps. Stolen facts get in the way of a good rant, as we like to say here on Bagels and Bad Beats. One and done in the NFL. Paradise no longer. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here. Again, on Bagels and Bad Beats on a Friday, July 17th. Here's truly Scott Wetzel sitting in as we approach eight minutes past the hour of 5 a.m. Eastern time. Well, what's going on, my friends? Boy, a lot to talk about on this Friday as we prepare for a big weekend. Most importantly, I think I am done with my mortgage refinancing. I think. We actually went to the place yesterday to get all the paperwork submitted and everything. And, you know, I waited actually like an extra month to get all this paperwork. And then I go there yesterday, and the guy says, ah, yeah, I don't really need all that stuff. Just, just give me your basics. Just, just give me your W-2s and, and your uh, your receipts for the, the money you got paid. That's it. I'm like, you know, I, I fudged around here for a freaking month getting all this stuff, and now you're telling me I don't even need it. Uh, so typical in my life. So typical. Uh, we were dead on about a couple of things, whether it was golf or the Washington Redskins. I guess we're still going to call them the Redskins until they actually get a new name, right? We'll talk about all that stuff, phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on the Friday. Big was a bad beat. Scott Wetzel. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Bagels and 
Matt Beats on this Friday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do, Monday through Friday. If you're new to the program, we're about a month, a month and a half in or so. 844-843-6879. Again, toll-free, 844-843-6879. Send a tweet at Opposite Picks. Email me. Hit the contact, Scott Icon, at my website, and uh, fire away. Well, we could start almost anywhere. Baseball is in a whole lot of trouble. It, it is remarkable what is going on in Major League Baseball right now. Uh, NFL with the Washington franchise, we'll say, <clears throat> you know, uh, is in a whole lot of trouble. Daniel Snyder, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. Uh, and and uh, the golfing world, and that's where we'll begin with the Memorial. Yesterday we had our first round. And uh, play gets underway in about two, two and a half hours here for round number two. Not sure why they start about an hour later today than they did yesterday, but they are. So uh, looking at our plays from the Memorial, not too bad or not too bad at all. Our best play on the board came through. I like this. You know, this is the first time I've seen this. You don't get this very often on FanDuel or anywhere else for that matter. But one of our better plays was over two and a half bogeys, round one Tiger Woods. You know, and he starts off with the beauty of that is you're never, ever, ever really out of it, you know, unless he's got no bogeys with three holes left or with two holes left. So he could shoot the greatest round of his life. And it could be anybody for that matter, obviously. I mean, he could be shooting birdies and eagles and double eagles and throwing a few pars. I mean, he could be like the, the, the priest there on the golf course in Caddyshack, right? I mean, just making absolutely everything. And then just you know, hit a couple of bad shots to close out the final three rounds and, and close out with three straight bogeys, which is not unheard of. And all of a sudden, you win your bet, even though the guy's shooting a 63. So and that that's kind of what happened yesterday. And that the Tiger opened up with two birdies, the first three holes. And we thought, you know, when I left you, uh-oh, uh, we're in a lot of trouble here because he seems to be on his A game. And as it turned out, he had two bogeys to close out the first nine before he was through any with the first nine. So we were in it. We were sitting pretty. Then all of a sudden, he got into a little bit of a groove, got another birdie. And we're like, uh-oh, we're running out of holes here. And then he ends up uh, bogeying the 16th or 17th to give him his third bogey of the afternoon. And cha-ching, cha-ching, our over two and a half bogeys, Tiger Woods comes through. And boy, I, I tell you, we hit that sucker dead on, dead on. Because I told you, I thought Tiger was going to have an up and down round. He was going to have a bunch of birdies and a bunch of bogeys. And that's exactly what he did. He finished up at uh, one under. He had four birdies. He had three bogeys. You know, so seven out of his 18 holes, he was either good or bad versus the pars that th were thrown in there. And I, that's what I figured we would get. I kind of thought it would be the other way around. I thought it would be maybe four bogeys and three birdies uh, to put him at uh, plus one versus minus one. But uh, we hit our, you know, over two and a half bogeys round one with Tiger Woods. There was a reason why FanDuel had that at minus 135 versus just pick him. Now, I will say uh, Tiger Woods missing the cut at plus 225 is not looking good. He is at plus one. You know, there's a lot of golf left to be uh, yet to be played, but we're probably looking at a you know a minus or a plus two rather um, as your cut line. So, but again, with, with a whole round left, who knows what the conditions are going to be? But we, we're going to need a you know we're probably going to need about a three two over par, uh, at least two over to make it plus one, if not a three over to make it plus two, uh, which you know listen, Tiger is more than capable of, and it, and I figured. It would be round number two in which Tiger would struggle more than round number one. You know, when you haven't played for five months, basically, 
Um, you know, maybe you could punch your way through the first round, but the wear and tear of walking and stress and this and that and all the tension, you know, that kicks in generally as the tournament continues. So uh, hopefully, you know, he's put himself in a position where he is susceptible to not making the cut. And then longest drive over 320 and a half yards. We still need to eclipse that. That's the one good thing about him making the cut is we'll now have, you know, two more rounds for him to to jump on that. So if we can get a split, if you told me right now, you know, three plays on Tiger, uh, over two and a half bogeys, which obviously we've hit now, but if we can get a split of him either making the cut or the longest drive, then we're okay. And there were a couple of drives there that looked like he was going to connect, but the ball would go into the rough rather than stay in the fairway and roll another 25 yards. So we haven't hit that yet. Um, uh, as far as our uh, other plays, oh, this is the, I own golf. I just own golf. I, this is just too easy. Tony, for those LLs, loyal listeners who are real LLs, loyal, loyal, these are LLs, loyal, loyal listeners. If you are, you're sitting on a Tony Fee now at 55 to 1 ticket. And if you are smarter than I am, which, you know, doesn't take a whole heck of a lot. Maybe, just maybe, you put a couple of shekels on my three guys to win the tournament to be leading after the first round. I don't know what Finau was. I generally don't play those because anything can happen in the first round. You have 133 golfers. I, I mean, you know, potluck on which one's going to emerge in the first round. But uh, our boy Tony Finau, who were sitting on a 55-1 to 1 ticket to win it all, is in fact, leading after the first round at six under par. So cha-ching, cha-ching. Uh, but this is one of the faults of, uh, you know, playing with the boys in Vegas slash FanDuel with golf is that can't really hedge, you know, even though it's only the first round and you wouldn't want to hedge anyway, more than likely. But I'm always thinking of hedging. I, I don't care if I'm... Uh, you know, getting seven in a football game and the underdog, my team scores on its first possession to take a seven nothing lead. I'm already thinking hedging because that line's going to drop down to even and I got myself a nice fat little middle. So it never really is too early for me to think about hedging, but you can't do it in golf. I mean, there's 132 other golfers. How many guys are you going to hedge? You know, at 55 to one. I mean, cha-ching, cha-ching. I mean, you know, I, I guess at 55 to one, if this was round number Four, you know, heading into round number four today, you probably could pick about five or six, seven guys and really kind of cover your bases, but you never know. You know, one of these guys, especially in 2020, these guys are posting a 63 or a 64 like it's nobody's business. So you could get a guy that's completely out of the blue. And man, there is nothing worse than trying to hedge in golf with four or five golfers and not have one of those four or five golfers win and not have your own guy win. And all of a sudden you've lost six bets versus just the one you have on this case, Tony Finau. So it is difficult to hedge in golf unless you really have a big number to play with. And then who wants to piss away all the odds that you're getting? So bottom line is we'll take it for a day. Uh, one of our guys uh, is at six under par. He's got a one-shot lead in Tony Finau. Jason Day, he's the second guy at 55 to one. He's at one over tied for 42nd. All right, you know, not not too bad. Looks like he's going to make the cut, or at least he would at this point. And then uh, our third guy, Jordan Spieth, at 70-1, to 1, is uh, actually tied for fourth. He's at minus two. So not bad. You know, Finau with the lead at minus six. If you would have told me we'd be standing where we are uh, at, before yesterday's golf action, I would have absolutely, absolutely signed up with hitting the over two-and-a-half bogeys with Woods 
Finau in first place, Speed tied for fourth place, and then Jason Day, you know, still with it on. So cha-ching, cha-ching, we own golf. But did you watch any of it last night or yesterday afternoon? Uh, I caught it last night because it does uh, have a replay. It is a who's who of who's not going to make the cut. You have at four over par. Again, the projected cut right now, early on, is plus two. But it takes the top 70 guys. And you just figure out who's in 70th place. And it's, it's uh, the guys that are one under or one over. So anyone at plus two at this point would not make the cut. Webb Simpson, who was one of the favorites. Matt Kuchar, prominent name. Colin Howard, the kid who, uh, you know, was uh, made the 50 zillion cuts in a row. Came up a couple of short of Tiger Woods record. But one last week, all four over par. Probably not going to make the cut. Or at least it has some work to do. Bubba Watson, six over par. Not going to make the cut. Xander, uh, I always screw this up, this guy's last name up. Chappelle uh, Chopley, uh, six over par. Probably not going to make the cut. Graham McDowell, you know, pretty prominent name. Not going to make the cut. Dustin Johnson at eight over par. More than likely, not going to make the cut. And then Ricky Powell at nine over par. Sitting in dead last place. If you limit two guys that went through, not going to make the par. So DJ Fowler, Watson, Simpson, Morikawa, all huge names, not going to make the cut unless things change today. Wow. Maybe it was a bad beat on a Friday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Yeah, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. He's taking the TV. That's what he's done. He's taken out the right little turn to the left. It's a beautiful looking shot. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he birdies the first. You know how good he is dialing in these wedges, I think. On a Friday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, 844-843-6879, 844-843-6879. Uh, you want to send a tweet, it is at Office Picks. Email me, go to the website, hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. That was the PGA Tour from their YouTube channel. You know, I'm going to fall into a trap here, although I'm going to, I'm trying not to fall into a trap. Let's put it that way. But we always criticize everyone. Oh, all they do is talk about Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods. Uh, you know, so I don't want to do that. However, most of our plays pertain to Tiger Woods, so it's kind of hard not to talk about Tiger Woods, even though you don't want to be mundane about it all. But he did birdie, as I mentioned, two of the first three holes yesterday. Uh, got a bogey on six. He got a bogey on eight. So we were back in the ball game, even though it looked like he was going to shoot a 60. And then he hit a string of uh, six straight pars before birdieing 15. And with three holes left, he comes through and he bogeys 16 before he birdies 18. So one, two, three, four birdies, uh, three bogeys, and uh, boom, that's his one under par. But more importantly, that is a winner for us. I do like that. Like I said, you don't get a lot of those 
Yeah, some of the prominent guys, you might get some over-unders on uh, bogeys. But generally speaking, I don't see that too often. But it, that's kind of cool, like I said, because you're never out of it. No matter how good or bad the guy is playing, um, you, you're just never out of it when the number is as low as, you know, generally two and a half. So uh, if they have that again posted, we'll check FanDuel here in a little bit. I would go right back to that, uh, absolutely. As far as Tiger today, he tees off at uh, 8.17 a.m. Eastern time. So... Uh, not too bad, but that, that is a who's who of who's, you know, in danger of not making a cut. Simpson, Morikawa, Watson, uh, McDowell, Johnson, DJ, Ricky, Fowler, a nine over par. I thought that was a joke when I, I looked up at the, uh, you know, I was going through running down all the scores. So just to see who's not, you know, uh, going to make it. And he is, uh, in next to last place. David Lingmurth is uh, at 10 over. He had a couple of guys who quit bunch of losers. Uh, and then you got Ricky Fowler at nine over par, shooting at 81. Let me see, you know, just out of, uh, you know, funness, if you will, sake, if that's such a word. He bogeyed two, bogeyed three, got a birdie on five. So through five, he's one over. Okay, not not too bad. And bogey six, bogey seven, and calms down a little bit and ends up getting four straight par. So he's not, you know, three over. It's not the end of the world. And then, then it all fell apart. Bogey 12, a par three. Bogey 13, par four. Bogey 14, par five. His head must just be gone by now, right? Well, it gets even worse. After parring uh, a par five, five, which is generally bad, he triple, he quadruple bogeyed a par three. He must have gone into water on 16. Uh, and he must have like got into water twice. He got a six on a par three before parring the last two holes to shoot his 81. He had a 42 on the back nine. Good grief. <laughs> that is just awful. What has happened? You know, not, I can't even say what has happened to him because he never really won. Just the expectations through the roof for this dude, and it just, just, just happened to happen. It just hasn't happened. The other story. Listen, this is mundane, and, and you know, we repeat ourselves over and over and over again with this, but, you know, it is what it is. The memorial heading into yesterday, I don't know how long they've been able to calculate this, but I'll tell you what they told me, slash on TV. They had two drives over 400 yards in the tournament's history yesterday for as long as they've been able to, you know, uh, figure out how ball, how far the ball goes. Two in the tournaments, thirty years or so the memorial's been around. I have to double check that. Two. Yesterday, Bryson DeChambeau had two himself. He he had two drives of over four hundred yards. Holy fudge! I mean that is now that includes the roll. But still, the one I saw, it was in the air 350-plus yards. I mean, this guy is just a beast, just an absolute beast. I mean, we've talked about the steroid accusations. Let me see a Roy test. But I will tell you this. Now, they, they were on par fives, or at least the one I saw was, and I'm assuming the second one. Well, maybe not. Maybe it could have been a par four. But the one I saw was a par five. But this is, you know, the greatest example I can give you about how you – uh you know, you drive for show and putt for dough. He was about 75 yards away from the hole on his 400-plus uh, yard drive. After one shot in a, on a par five, 
he was able to chip on. So he's about 75 yards away. So you're thinking, all right, he's he's going to be getting an eagle here. I mean, at, at, at least, right? Who knows? Chip in and get a, a double eagle. You know, he got a birdie, you know, which is, you know, pretty good. Don't get me wrong. But you would think if I'm able to drive the ball 400-plus yards, I'd be looking at an eagle at worst, right? But not in golf. You know, it's amazing how those shots add up. It's amazing how, you know, there are shots that you just have to take no matter how good or how far your drive is. You you have to have an approach shot. You just do. You could have a drive that's 250 yards and have your approach shot be 250 yards. Or you could have a drive that's 450 yards and have your approach shot be 50 yards. Either way, these guys on tour are capable of getting that approach shot on the green. You and I might not be from 200 and 250 yards, but these guys are. So it's almost like it's worthless to have a drive be 450 yards versus 250 or at least 300. Now, again, if you're 50 yards away, you think you'd have a better shot at getting it closer to the hole. Yes, but again, these guys are so good. That that's not necessarily the case. So he he drives at 450 yards. He's within 75 yards. He chips on. He misses his eagle putt, and he comes back for a birdie. All right, no big deal. Uh, again, guys driving at 250 yards can do the same darn thing. They could drive at 250. Their approach shot is 200. They're on the green and two, oh, uh, and, and they miss their their long eagle putt, and they hit a you know maybe a 10 foot birdie putt, and boom, they both walk away with their fours. You know, meanwhile, you know, DeChambeau is hitting the ball 450 yards and uh, Joe Schmo is hitting the ball 275 or maybe 300 yards, realistically. So, it, it, again, you putt for for uh, for dough. That's that's what it is. If you can't hit that eagle shot, then the driving the ball 400 yards is worthless. But he did drive 400 plus yards Four. think about the average weekend golfer who's sitting at around two, two and a quarter. Right. He is doubling that doubling i mean think about the luck like wow you know can a baseball player hit the ball twice as far as you no at least not me you know i i I think most athletes could probably hit a baseball about three 350 you know no no baseball players hitting that ball 700 feet okay not happening you know can a football player throw the ball Eh, you know that that might be yes I, i think the average person could probably throw the ball about 40 yards you know maybe 50 can you get some of these guys that can cork at 80 yards yeah probably yeah probably uh hockey could a guy had a slap shot you know twice as fast as you uh, yeah probably well, i guess now that you think about it um i'm kind of losing my own argument here basketball though you know can a can a basketball player uh shoot twice as good as you Twice as far as you, even Steph Curry, no, probably not. So um, that you know, baseball, no, and basketball, no, but hockey and football, probably twice as good. But in golf, it's so you know evident when you're talking about just hitting the ball that far. That's crazy. Yeah, you know, they had Jack Nicklaus on. Uh, I got to tell you, Jack Nicklaus for 80 plus, he looked pretty damn good. You know, he really, uh, I don't know if he could still play around the golf anymore, not, you know, on this competitive level, but for a guy who's in his 80s, looked real good, sounded real good. You know, he was sitting in a cart, you know, along with a passenger, and they showed him from a distance, and you couldn't tell who was who. And they said, oh, there's Jack Nicklaus in the car. You know, automatically, I thought Nicklaus was the one that was the passenger. And uh, as it turned out, he was the one that was driving. And from a distance, 
you know, he looked twice as good as the guy who was sitting next to him who was half his age. So, like, yeah, you know, Jack's pretty good. And he did talk about the players and how far they could hit it, and he just kind of threw his arms up in the air. Like, what are you going to do? You know, he's been talking about it forever and ever and ever. And whether it's the Shambo or anyone else, you know, the bottom line is, as he acknowledged, you can hit it 500 yards, 600 yards. You still got to hit it straight. They do, I will tell you, no Royd is going to make you hit the ball straight. But uh, in this case, you know, with the Shambo, 400-plus yards. Wow. that That is just great. Just crazy. All right. Uh, the second story. We t- I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. Right? Washington Post finally came out with the story on the Redskins. I'm going to continue to call them the Redskins until they get a new name. So uh, they've been 15 former female employees accusing some of the bigwigs who are all no longer with the club of sexual harassment and verbal abuse. Now, the key to it all, perhaps, is that Daniel Snyder or uh, next in line Bruce Allen are not among those being accused. Uh, All those that are being accused are all gone slash fired, quit, uh, including Alex Santos and Richard Mann, the personnel people from this past weekend who were whacked, and uh, the play-by-play voice, uh, which we all thought was kind of strange out of the blue that uh, this guy would step up and leave a great job, and um, he did, and he was part of the accusation. So what's the next domino to fall? That is that is the question. you know. And did Daniel Snyder know about this stuff and let it happen? I mean, he clearly did. There's no denying that. But is he being blamed? At this point, it doesn't appear to be the case. But there is trouble in Redskin land for sure. Phone calls coming up next. Thank you for SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Now, second and 22. Belongs to Seattle. And Robert Griffin III is down on the ground and can't get up. On a Friday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, 844-843-6879. Our toll-free telephone number again, 844-843-6879. Fox Sports with the call there, Joe Buck. And, you know, I I tell you, you could point probably to that particular day as when things turned. It's it's a perfect uh, bounce back of, you know, when things really turn for the Washington Redskins. From that point on, you know, they use the number two overall pick. They give a gazillion draft choices to move up to take uh, Robert Griffin out of Baylor. Uh, takes the NFL, you know, it's not by storm, but does a great job, you know, and he puts the Washington back on the map after being, you know, down and out for, for quite a long time. Um, 
And from that point on, when he leaves that uh, wild card game, a 24-14 loss, in which they were leading, oh, by the way, as he blows out his knee uh, in an injury that, you know, some people suggest shouldn't have been in the game. But from that point on, was it 2014 to 13-14? It has been all downhill. You know, you you, you want to play revisionist history, 2012-2012. So, um, if you want to play revisionist history, that's, you know, that's what the date you circle is like when things, you know, you're that fork in the road, you either go left or you go right. And that's from that point on, man, it has been just absolute disaster, just absolute disaster for the Washington Redskins. Nothing has gone right. So, uh, and it looked like RG3 was going to be terrific. I loved it coming out of college. I still think he has a, he has an opportunity to do well in the NFL, but, um, you know, right now he's with the Ravens as a backup. Obviously, he's not going to supplant uh, Lamar Jackson, but I hope somebody gives him another shot somewhere along the line. All right, to the phones we go to line up your calls, 844-843-6879. But I will tell you, I told you so, I told you so, I did tell you so about uh, the Washington Redskins, and we'll get to that in a sec. First up, Johnny in Manhattan joined us as he always does on the program right around the same time. What's up, John? How are you today, my friend? Hey, Scott. I'm great. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Morning. <laughs> when you said uh, about a fork in the road, I love that expression, which is when you see a fork in the road, take it. Yeah, yeah. I forget who said that. Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, listen, you could go straight and hit that. Little, like, a, uh, like a yogi bearism. Yogi, yeah, yogi. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yogi. Yeah. yeah. He was fun. Um, we'll have to spend a, we'll have to were, spend a, uh, there's nothing going on. We'll have to take out a book. I'm sure there's a list of yogiisms. Um, we'll have to run down quite a few because they are funny. Yeah, my my favorite yogiism is when he was, uh, I think, the Astros manager in in the '70s, and the game was inter- uh, interrupted by a streaker. Uh, and after the game, the press asked him, "Yogi, had you ever seen something like this before?" He goes, you know, a few years ago, a game got interrupted by uh, a streaker. In fact, it happened a couple times. And they said, well, wow, Yogi, that's crazy. Was it a woman streaker or was it a man streaker? And Yogi took a minute and he said, you know, I didn't, I wasn't able to tell because I didn't get a look at their face. (laughs) Uh, He's funny. It's like him saying that, yeah, no one goes to that bar anymore. It's too crowded. Yeah. You know, he's got a slow. Yeah, exactly. Um, if someone made you write a book on Tiger Woods, Scott, would you frame it Tiger t- Tiger fulfilled all his potential and he had a happy career, or would you would you color it like okay, he's basically had a disappointing career. He disappointed himself. He disappointed the public. Wow, that's that's a good one because on the surface you'd say he had a great great career, you know, but. You know, before you jump to that conclusion, you know, the expectations were absolutely through the roof once he got his career going. And it just, you know, it, it hit a standstill and, and right, right off the cliff it went. So uh, I remember Nicholas saying many times, you know, forget my record. This guy's going to win 20, 25 majors. I mean, it, it is unlimited how many he could win the way he's dominating and how great he is. So the expectations went right through the roof. So and, and then you consider off the, you know, field stuff, if you will, you, you, got, you almost have to separate the two, 
And if you could do that, then it's great career, you know, because, listen, um, there's a reason why Nicholas has the 18 and he's the record. It's not easy. It, it just, no matter how easy it may appear to a lot of these guys, and, and I'll throw you the Jordan Speets and, and uh, you know, the Ricky Fowlers of the world who, you know, can't win anymore or have never won, even though expectations are through the roof. So you got to say his career was successful, but the off-the-field stuff uh, was obviously not. So, uh, But overall, if you have to give me, you know, give me one, Scott, stop meandering. I would say successful. You got to go successful. Watching him walk uh, down the fairway yesterday, he just seems so miserable, yes. so unhappy yeah. in his own skin. I'm not saying I'm a psychologist, Scott, but he just seems like he's he he's not comfortable in his own skin. Almost like he hates himself. Am I am I wrong on that, Scott? I, I know. I noticed that in the uh, the little uh, exhibition match play too. You know, it's just I I don't see him smiling out there. I don't see him having fun out there. I I just I, I said it yesterday, John. I don't think he really wants to be there. Ultimately, I really don't think he wants to be there. And I and I really believe that if you cut off all his endorsements and all his you know obligations, you know commitments to to Jack maybe. And just said, do you want to go play golf and have fun and enjoy the competition? I, I think he would just say no. I, I really think he's done. I just, I think that last major, there was such a drive to win one more because it had been so long. And I, I brought it up yesterday. I, I just think that was it. That was the pinnacle. That was his, uh, you know, James Conn in the, in the uh, you know, in the casinos. I, I'm done. I, I, I did it. I'm, this is as far as I could go. I don't need any more. Don't need any more wins. Don't need any more, you know, passing Jack. I just, uh, this is it. And I think I, you see a Tiger Woods out there that just doesn't really want to be there. You know, you don't see him smiling, laughing, joking, having fun. Looks like he could barely walk, for goodness sakes. You know, his his back seems so tentative. Um, you know, and to his credit, he still shot a one under Paro, by the way. But, you know, this is not the Tiger we grew up with. That's for sure. Right. It did look like maybe his back was barking. And so if he's got that grimace on his face, maybe that's because he's, you know, not on Percocet. So I suppose that's to his credit. So he's such a mercurial guy. I do find him fascinating and I'm not a huge golf fan. Thanks so much, Scott. You got it, John. Yeah, that's why I'm really curious to see that uh, two-part documentary that's going to come out in December. I, I want to see how in-depth they go. That That is going to be really interesting because that could be a really, you know, telltale behind the scenes look, uh, stories, the accusations, the former girlfriends. Oh, my goodness. And I think that leads him into even more saying, what the fudge? I don't need this. I, you know, I'm done with the limelight. Uh, again, you know, take away all the endorsements and he's still making a ton of money and it's hard to walk away from, you know, 20, 25 million dollars a year. So I don't expect him to do it. But if the endorsements weren't there. And the the chase for Jack, which I really don't think is in his mind at this point. I I, I really don't. But if, if that wasn't there, it was just a matter of, well, let's go play golf and have you know competition and, and try and win the thirst of winning. You know, the thing that, that put him on top of everyone else was his drive to win, uh, the mental attitude. And and really, that's been gone for the last several years, to tell you the truth. So, but we'll see. And again, to his credit, despite all that, you know, there he still sits at one under par. You know, still in a position, obviously, to, to win this thing after not playing any golf and having these guys half his age hitting the ball 
you know, not twice as far as he is, but uh, hitting it, uh, you know, uh, farther than what he is, believe it or not, which has got to be a little bit of an adjustment and an ego thing for him as well. Don't forget, this guy was bombing at 50 yards past everyone else in his heyday. Not anymore. Now it's the other way around. Guy's hitting it, you know, 50 yards past him. I told you so, I told you so, I told you so with this uh, Redskin thing, right? I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not going to pretend and, and sit here and say I got all these sources and everything else, but I read you the email or the uh, the the yeah the emails I got from our you know source uh, within the Redskins, and he tipped us off on something that's going to go on this weekend, Sunday night, and then I read you another one yesterday about the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and lo and behold, you know. Later on yesterday afternoon, the story breaks for the Washington Post, as our source said it would. So maybe it's one of the Washington Post guys. You know, one of the, it's a guy and a girl that wrote the article. Maybe it's one of those two guys that I'm not sure if they're listening to the podcast or they're listening to this radio show or whatever the case may be. You know, we did let you know that something was going to break. And the Washington Post yesterday, I'll paraphrase it. If you don't know, 15 former female employees accusing, you know, several Washington Redskin employees, all that are no longer with the team, oh, by the way, but still were until last week, uh, of sexual uh, harassment and verbal abuse. Now, before we also, you know, not that I'm going to defend these guys, I'm not, but before we, you know, label them rapists, let's figure out, okay, what entails sexual harassment and verbal abuse? Hey, you're kind of cute. I mean, is that it? Uh, You want to go out tonight? You know, uh, I read where one of the guys is accused of actually making a pass. Oh, my goodness. No, not a pass. Did he actually try and, like, take this, take one of the girls out on a date? Oh, my goodness. It's the end of the world. You know, so, so some of this stuff can be blown out of proportion. But I will tell you, when you have 15 and you have several employees and the employees all, suspiciously enough, are no longer working with the club, uh, it does tend to make you think that it's a little bit more serious than, hey, you're kind of cute. I will, I will tell you that. But the uh, former director of pro personnel, Alex Santos, whacked last weekend. His assistant, Richard Mann, whacked last weekend. Those are two of the guys that are accused. You got a former president of business operations being accused. Uh, you got a former chief operating officer. So these are not like, you know, small people within an organization. These are, you know, big wig, big wigs. So it's hard to believe that Daniel Snyder did not know, and I'll get to that in a second. And then the other thing is Larry Michael, the team's uh, play-by-play voice for a long time, 16 years, you know, uh, out of the blue, resigns on Wednesday, and we all thought that was kind of strange. Why would you do that? It's such a cushy, cushy job. It's such a precious job as well. Boy, it's hard enough getting into this field, but getting a play-by-play voice job is just so difficult. most of these guys, you guys get in that spot, you don't leave. I mean, that is just too golden. So for someone to walk away from that, that was kind of suspicious as well. He's being accused of uh, speaking about an appearance of a female colleague in sexual tones. That's not, I mean, a lot of this stuff is like, well, what does that mean? Yeah, he, he spoke of an appearance of a female in sexual tones. I mean, did he say, oh, boy, I'd love to take her out? You know, uh, Alex Santos. Accused of making inappropriate remarks to several female employees and even making passes at one of the team's uh, reporters. Like, ooh, okay, you know. Um, Richard Mann faces two accusations of inappropriate comments. Uh, give, give me something more than that. Yeah, you know, let, let, let me know what these guys actually said and did before I'm going to throw them, you know, under the bus. But they are gone. 
bad enough where Snyder, you know, felt uh, compelled to fire both those two, and Green is no longer with the team, and either is the Mich- uh, Rich Gershman guy, the uh, chief operating officer. So it's bad in Washington. Uh, we, we were dead on with the report. And ultimately now is whether Daniel Snyder is in so much trouble with this that is he going to have to sell. But again, the bottom line is they're not accusing him. But are they going to eventually be accusing him of covering up the story, of knowing it and not doing anything about it? I don't know if you can necessarily say that, again, without knowing the facts, because he did get rid of these guys. So, And that was not part of the story of these uh, 15 employees demanding that the, the team be sold. But it's trouble in Washington. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. on a Friday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, 844-843-6879. We'll squeeze in a few more phone calls next hour. NBA's in a lot of trouble. Oh, they could be losing the golden goose. How funny would that be if Zion Williamson decides that he can't play the resumption season, whatever they want to call it. Oh, that would be something. And that is a possibility. And I'll tell you, Major League Baseball's in a lot of trouble as well. A lot of trouble Major League Baseball is in. We'll get to that as well. You don't believe it or not, the season's supposed to begin in a week for Major League Baseball, and you have several teams that don't know where they're playing, which is just remarkable. Uh, and the Redskins are in a lot of trouble. I tell you, the most important figure in in the Redskin right now, anarchy, not the owner. Uh, not the general manager, not the whoever. It's their head coach, Ron Rivera. They did get the right man for the job. I, I, I don't know if that was by design. I'm guessing they knew this stuff was going to occur. I don't know if they necessarily knew about the Redskins nickname and all the troubles with that. But, um, you know, some of this other stuff, I'm assuming that they figured was going to be exposed eventually. But Rivera, you know, he had the great comment yesterday. Biggest thing is we have to move forward from this. Make sure everybody understands we have policies that we will follow and that we will have an open door policy with no restrictions. And here's the here's the key. My daughter works for this team, and I'm sure as hell not going to allow any of this. So that's the guy that might be able to save Daniel Snyder's skin. Because, again, the accusations aren't about Snyder. Unlike with Jerry Richardson of Carolina, who was forced to sell his team, and then Don, uh, Donald Sterling with the uh, L.A. Clippers, You know, those accusations of uh, misconduct were against the owners themselves. Mark Cuban down in Dallas, remember, they had that little scandal last year. Not against him. He got to save the team. So uh, if Rivera handles this the right way, and I think he will, I don't think Snyder will be forced to sell the team. Bagels and Bad Beats, baseball, NBA talk coming up next right here.
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.